0: Alright troops! It's time for the sports bet on ESPN UP online with our app Thursday afternoon. Glad to have you along. And I was out walking a little bit earlier today. Walked out for uh, lunch, had a haircut, and I was busy, proactive, and enjoying the nice weather. Man, I like this. Jake Durant, by the way, from Local Three TV and studio with me. What's up, Jake? I'm, I'm good, man. I actually went on a walk earlier this morning as well. Yeah. I walked
1: uh, Lakeshore here in Marquette. There you go. Um, Down by Lower Harbor, around, and then back over by the Dome. So I I strained my calf. I'm feeling like Kevin Durant right now, just walking. That's That can't be good.
0: Hey, you're going to get back to action before he does. I
1: think so. I mean, if this is what Kevin Durant's feeling, he could definitely go game four. I know the breaking news is he's going to be out. But, I mean, if it is a strained calf... Come on, I could play. I could play with this right now.
0: <laughs> I t- if they were up two to one instead of down two to one, I do think he would have uh, announced that he would come back for tomorrow night. But in case you missed the news, it just broke about fifteen minutes ago. Kevin Durant is listed as out for Game Four tomorrow night's NBA Finals. Uh, Clay Thompson will be back though, and after what we saw last night, boy, do they ever need him?
1: Yeah, and there was some on- online speculation. Uh, there was a photo or a video of Durant. Um, you know kind of supporting teammates as they walked back into the locker room after the game and hit, and the ice on his leg. These are, these are, you know, theorists out there. Mm -hmm. Um, It wasn't even on his calf. It was down by his Achilles area. (laughs) So who knows? But um, man, they looked really, they looked really bad last night. Uh, They looked like they, they couldn't even, the fact that it was even as close as it was that Golden State hung around as long as they did, you know, they kept kind of pushing it back to like six, seven, eight, but then Toronto would make a run. I thought it was pretty surprising because outside of, of Steph Curry, I mean, he did everything he could do, mm-hmm. um, and then some. I mean, at 47 points, career playoff high, he was just throwing up. I mean, they were terrible shots, but who else? I would rather have Steph Curry shooting these terrible shots than anybody else because everyone else was just laying bricks out there. I mean, without Klay Thompson, this team looked, looked bad. You didn't really know where the scoring was going to come from. You need, you knew Golden State was going to need someone to step up. I thought it was going to be maybe like a Quinn Cook type of player to hit some big shots. He did all right, but there was no... You know, Boogie Cousins doesn't look like the same Boogie Cousins. He has no jump on him and, and he was really disappointing. And even Draymond was disappointing. Yeah. I thought I thought uh Draymond really underperformed. Um I thought for, for Golden State to win this game, Draymond was gonna have to be a facilitator, gonna have to get those role players in spots where they could score easily. I don't I don't know how many assists he had, but I don't think he had had too many and he was turning the ball over, you know, not really not really crisp, I guess you could say. So I was very disappointed in Draymond's Draymond's uh, play last night. But yeah, without Klay Thompson, without Kevin Durant, this team doesn't look like they even deserve to be on the floor with Toronto. I mean, Toronto just looks like the better all-around team.
0: A 123-109 win for Toronto last night. You alluded to Curry's 47 points. Here are a few takeaways that we can bring out from that game. They said on the broadcast, I think it was Mark Jackson who said it, that this Warrior team, if you played with this Warrior team, no Durant, no Klay Thompson, they wouldn't even make the Western Conference playoffs. I wouldn't go that far, but they certainly wouldn't make the finals. They wouldn't make the Western Conference finals. They just looked lost.
1: I mean, to be honest with you, I kind of agree. I mean, you have Steph Curry. You have Draymond, who's not consistent. You have a, a broken Boogie Cousins who can't, you know, is on one leg. I mean, mm-hmm. who else do they Who else do they have when you're talking about other Western Conference teams that you have at least two All-Stars, you know, um, their, their depth, they have no depth, really. Obviously, bringing Durant in a few years ago kind of hindered their depth uh, tremendously. I think someone was saying that half of their bench is G League players because mm-hmm. they don't have any room to, to bring any, any other pieces.
0: But Warrior fans 24 hours ago would tell you they have three future Hall of Famers starting right now, Steph, Ingedala, and Draymond. I don't think they'd be saying the same thing today.
1: No, I mean Iggy played. Iggy hit a few shots, but I mean he's not the same player. No, you know he he can't burden that load of of a Clay Thompson. But obviously, when you saw Steph kind of get bottled up, no one was there to to consistently hit open shots, and and you got to give Toronto uh, a lot of credit. Obviously. They can't really control who they're playing, but they came out. They played a really good game. Danny Green was playing really well. We had the Danny Green uh, game. The Danny Green We've been game. In five
0: years, for he was just
1: nail, you know nailing threes. Obviously, Kawhi was doing his thing. I was really impressed with Marcus. All Marcus was doing what Boogie Cousins couldn't do last night, and that was protect the rim. I don't know how many times the Raptors players were able to just drive and get layups, and a lot of the time that that happened when the Warriors were kind of closing that that gap. But um, then the, the Raptors would get two, you know, a couple layups, and then it would be ballooned back to 10. And, you know, they just weren't able to get the momentum. They just didn't have enough ammo. I mean, re- realistically, um, Steph would come down. If, if he was missing shots, I don't know. It was like no one else could score. And, then, he, like you said, you had, had Siakam out there doing his thing. You know, uh, Kyle Lowry. Ibaka on defense? Ibaka. We saw Damn. the we had a resurgence of Serge Sergi Ibaka.
0: Blocker. Everyone. How's I mean, everyone was bad, playing yeah.
1: good. They had one of those games where, you know, one player was hitting shots. Kyle Lowry even played good. Everyone is playing. I mean, Toronto just looked like by far the superior team last night.
0: Well, I tell you what, Danny Green, as you alluded to, was doing his thing. He looked like the 2014 version of himself. A few things that we learned we could take away. Warrior fans were high on Draymond Green a few days ago, and they still should be. But Draymond Green learned his role last night. It's like Kyrie Irving. You wondered if he could be the real number one for a team. And I still think he could be a 1B, but we know after this year he's not a 1A Draymond Green realized that he is not a number two for a championship team. He can be a great three, and he can be one heck of a four, but he is not a two. Last night, when he was the second best option for his team, they faltered big time.
1: Right, and I agree. I mean, he's a really, really good number three option, um, just because he has a really good all-around game, but I mean, he cannot shoot the ball. He cannot shoot. I mean, he can hit threes, but... I would just you know he he had wide open shots he was mm-hmm. not hitting he was not hitting the uh those those deep shots and and like i said man he his he has a temper and you do want those type of players on your team, but sometimes that emotion could be go against you a little bit and it could get you frustrated and you know he was getting some calls that weren't going his way, he was barking at the referees a lot of the game, I think he was kind of out of his element. Um, and I think he felt a lot of pressure, obviously with with Klay Thompson out. I just think you know he's kind of thrust it into a role where you know he's not really used to that. Um, when you talk about having to score the ball and being that second option, and I just don't think he he kind of step up to, stepped up to the plate. He he played all right, but I mean they needed him to score you know twenty something points, have ten assists, rebound the ball, be a facilitator, um, and get the the team running. The team you know they they couldn't get anything really going because. You know they weren't rebounding the ball, and and you know they were giving up layups. So that in turn stopped their transition game.
0: See if you agree with me on this. Steph Curry will win Finals MVP this year. Uh, I still think the Warriors are going to win the series, even if they lose tomorrow night. Once they get healthy, really? which they will, they uh, I feel very confident that they can win three straight and come back from a three-one deficit. Steph Curry will win Finals MVP. Because of what he's done already. He can have decent games for the rest of these playoffs, but he's not going to have another 47-point game like he had. Last night was his peak for this finals, but it was enough. What he's done already, scoring 34 and 47 and two losses, that's going to be enough when it's all said and done because he was the best player of everyone who played significantly in this series. There's going to be an asterisk next to Durant or Clay whenever or wherever they come back because they've missed so much time.
1: Right, I mean, I I could see Clay possibly bringing it home. I say he comes back and has three really good games, leads him in scoring, and and leads at the charge for the championship. But I do agree with you. I mean, it's it's steps to lose. I don't think Kevin Durant can come back for one game and and be can be the, the finals MVP. I don't no. think that's going to happen. I'm questioning if he's going to even come back at all. Still to this to this day, I just don't really know if they're being completely honest about his injury or even his mindset with it. So. um, yeah, I do think, especially last night when, when Toronto knew it was going to be the Steph Curry show, that's all they really had to shut down, and he was still able to come out with 40, you know, 47 points. I think he led them in all really big statistical categories when you talk about rebounds, assists. I mean, he did what he had to do, and unfortunately, it just wasn't enough. So uh, when you're talking about getting double teamed every time you touch the ball and still able to have that type of performance, that's pretty impressive.
0: Well, I tell you what, it was a great night. A basketball was somewhat marred by an unfortunate situation caused by a spectator. Kyle Lowry of the Raptors dove into the first row of seats. He was trying to get a loose ball, and he was pushed by a spectator, who we later found out is a minority owner of the Golden State Warriors, Mark Stevens. And this information was revealed to us this morning. It took a while for people to identify this man. Uh, It was first announced on the Dan Levitard show here on ESPN Radio earlier this uh, this morning at about 11.30, maybe a little after that, and then shortly before they signed off around uh, 12.45, the Warriors put out a statement saying that this individual would not be uh, invited to the remainder of these finals. I tell you what, wouldn't you hate to be the Warriors' PR team today? because don't tell me they didn't know who that was sitting in the front. You know exactly who your owners are, and you know where they are, where they're positioned. You're going to put your stockholders, the people who are giving you money, you know where you're going to put them. They knew exactly who this guy was, and they waited until some news outlet already broke it this mm-hmm. morning to reveal who this guy was exactly.
1: Right. They were kind of just playing the waiting game, like maybe, you know, maybe, maybe we'll, we can get yeah, away with maybe this.
0: Maybe some people forget about this.
1: Uh, uh, somebody said something. Okay, now we have to. <laughs> we already have this pre-written statement already ready. I'm sure to, they like, had so it right. done by last they, night. They probably started writing it as soon as it happened, mm-hmm. um, knowing who it was. But I mean, come on. If you're a part minority o- owner, you you know what. To You know what the rules are, you know what you should what 's right and what 's wrong when you 're sitting on the court side near all these players um he didn 't even really he wasn 't even the one who got like even hit no. I think a woman like two seats down was the one, and yeah, he came in and just kind of gave Kyle Lowry a cheap shot and i don 't care how much money you have, et cetera um, Rules are rules uh, I definitely think it was right that he doesn 't sit court side for the rest of the finals there at Oracle. Um, And and maybe he should. I don't know. Pay. I don't know if he he's allowed to pay a fine. I don't really know what else. The league can find you. I mean, I would find find him. Yeah, you know, and and try to make this a case. Like it doesn't matter if you're an owner. It doesn't matter what level, how much money you have. Don't touch the players. It's it's simple as that.
0: A lot of people are calling for this particular minority owner to be bought out so that he no longer owns a share of the Warriors. But I tell you what, when you look at uh possible punishment for this guy and there's a few different options you know just kind of based on uh what we have available to us what is the right type of punishment for this guy what should be and i'm not confident the league i should note that as well before i ask you this i'm not confident the league or the warriors to do the right thing just based on how they've handled it so far the statement said the investigation is ongoing which to me says we're going to see what the public backlash is like before we do anything. We're going to base our punishment based on the public backlash and the pressure that gets put on us.
1: I mean, I could I could definitely see him going to the to him getting bought out or I mean, if you're just a regular normal fan, you do that, I'm pretty sure you're you're suspended for for life. Probably. You know, you're not going to be welcome back into the arena, so I would I would say the same thing. It's like you knew the rules especially being a part owner especially being someone who's on the court side i know you get briefed at what the rules are when you're sitting on the court you know it doesn't you know i don't care if you had this many drinks and you weren't thinking properly or you feel entitled because you have millions and who knows billions of dollars don't really know the guy's background or anything um but it doesn't matter you're you're you know you're not allowed in the arena anymore if you still want to be part owner go for it but you know, um, you're not coming back. This is how it is.
0: People bring up the comparison to guys like Donald Sterling a few years ago, where his offense was egregious enough that uh, the league said that he was no longer allowed to own a franchise, to be affiliated with the league. It's certainly not on the level of what Donald Sterling yeah, did. I was going to say, did, yeah, Donald, Donald Sterling is a whole
1: other deal right there. But yeah, it's still that.
0: something that we need to have a conversation about what the right punishment is for this guy and what all went mm-hmm. into what happened last night on the sideline
1: right yeah and i do think obviously i think the warriors are going to probably add on to whatever the punishment may be you know i could i could see going going either way i could see him getting just fined or i can see him possibly losing his ownership um i don't really know how how they're going to take it i don't know if we've ever seen a a minority owner (laughs) jack some of the opponent's I don't know So we we'll we've have to seen see a
0: majority owner do
1: it right yeah so uh, yeah I mean this is going to probably set the standard I'm, I'm guessing the uh, Warriors front office will be in direct contact with the league offices for this one
0: you think um, Michael Jordan would ever do something like that Mark Cuban uh, James Dolan <laughs> probably, probably not, but... Which of these owners is most likely to be the next one to do it?
1: Man, maybe maybe MJ. Maybe MJ would get that competitive fire one time, but I don't know.
0: I mean, you don't get this problem in baseball, where you get guys crashing into the stands all the time, leaning over the foul rail, trying to catch a pop-up. Could you imagine a football head seats like that, where you sat right on the sideline, how many injuries, lawsuits would result <laughs> Actually, that'd be, in that?
1: That'd be, that'd be that might be an XFL thing to do, you know, sign a waiver. I mean, that would be extra... Some entertainment right like there. Like
0: the Minnesota Vikings, their new stadium at U.S. Bank, <laughs> they have it where there are field-level suites. They're in a glass case, essentially, underneath uh, general admission, but you're well off from the sideline. But you're separated from the field by a glass panel. Maybe that could be an option. Then again, you've got the player safety, and it kind of would make it feel like an arena-type league if well. you did that. But they're innovating all the time. There's, there'd probably be a way to do that if they really want it. So where are those seats? They're on, on field? They're but... behind the sidelines, like the player sidelines. It's field level, and they're enclosed in glass. So you've got a glass window that you can stare out to the field. You can see the extru- field? Yeah. yeah. You're at field level.
1: Oh, there's no players like in front of you?
0: Well, some parts of it are oh. covered, but it's like a field-length glass suite, or oh, multiple okay.
1: suites. Gotcha. So they,
0: they're they pretty cool. You that, think about that's stuff cool
1: like yeah, that? Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, I mean, definitely... It's, diff- it's different with basketball, though, because, mm-hmm. I mean, you, it's so much more of an intimate game, I yep. guess you could say. So, I mean, yeah, I get def- definitely uh, stirs the pot for conversation, for sure, with that incident last night.
0: Well, and then you'll get people like Rob Manfred, commissioner of Major League Baseball, saying, Yeah, it's going to impair people's vision or something. That's why we're not going to... Put up safety nets after a little girl's almost killed by a line drive. I'm not going to do anything this year. Yeah, I used to okay. like Rob Manfred as a commissioner, but this is just... I don't want to get too off topic before the break, but man, this is a no-brainer for him. no-brainer. That's, to everybody except him.
1: It's the old heads who don't want the game to change, and I guess that's a big enough change where he wants to, you know, fight it, I guess. I don't know, but what yeah. is
0: the argument to it? I mean, because it obstructs people's That visions. was the one
1: thing I said last week. I was like, "Is it? it would it mess up, you know fans visions who pay to go see the game would it would it be a distraction
0: and at the same point the most expensive tickets in the in the stadium are right behind home plate right. covered by a net I and don't if, I, and if I was is. a fan
1: paying paying money i would want to feel safe right i mean i'm, I'm telling you i whenever i'm at a hockey game or anything <laughs> like that i always am you know kind of alert because i know at any point a puck or anything can especially softball. Softball's a very dangerous sport. If you're in T V and you're shooting highlights, softball is the most dangerous sport. I almost got gotten hit so many times it's I don't know what it is, but I'm always like weary about balls and, and things flying over and hitting hitting me. It, it would be terrible.
0: I got hit by a puck once calling a game. It's not oh, really? Not that bad. <laughs> Are you sure? <laughs> hit me in the back. So oh, that was the the back. Best place I'm talking about like have. if I'm like
1: not paying attention then I take a quick yeah, look and, in and, the and all I can see, yeah, whack. And I'm just out.
0: Uh, I did have a baseball fly into the booth last summer while I was doing a game in Eau Claire. I brought that ball in the booth once. Nice. Because I don't remember what it was because we I brought it in this booth, I should say. I don't remember why. Something similar... Oh, it was that... uh, minor league broadcaster caught the ball while he was calling the game. Yeah. You saw that video, yeah, right? I saw that. Yeah, so then the next day I did I never got on sports center for doing that last summer in Eau Claire, Wisconsin. Yeah. Yeah, I still got the ball.
1: I was shooting a softball game in, at Westwood and I don't know if anyone's been at Westwood, but um if you're standing on like the the base, the third base line or whatever where you shoot from, like you don't have a lot of time to react mm-hmm. and, and the player kind of just like pulled one right into my direction where the whole crowd was like gasped like <gasps> and I jumped and the ball I jumped in the air. The ball came right between my legs and hit the fence. And I fell down with the camera like in my hand still, stood up. I was like, everybody, I'm okay. And the crowd cheered. And this was like third <laughs> inning. Like All the players were like, "Woo!" I was
0: like, I survived. And no weapon formed against you shall prosper. No,
1: but I do not shoot in that area anymore i shoot from farther away just get, just be better safe than sorry
0: i tell you what we owe you our first time out when we come back nhl stanley cup playoffs the finals continue tonight we break down game five next in the sports pen on espn up check out the up's
1: live and local sports talk show the sports pen weekday afternoons at four on espn up and on the espn up app
0: welcome back to enter hoops jake durant with you glad to have you along on this Thursday afternoon. The NHL Stanley Cup Final returns this evening as the Blues get sent to visit Boston. The Bruins looking to regain a lead and come within one game of their first cup in eight years. Tied 2-2, I tell you what, hockey players are the toughest people in the world. I think we can all come to admit that because Zdeno Chara, the monster defenseman for Boston, their captain, six foot nine, two 250 pounds, he's... Well over seven foot when he's on skates. Just a monster. Suffers a broken jaw the other night. His status for tonight is unclear. He will be a game-time decision with a broken jaw. He's probably eaten his lunch through a straw today, and yet he still might play tonight, which is just amazing. to me. Like You can get a good chuckle going. You can laugh out loud reading the little scroll thing that comes across the bottom of ESPN or ESPN2, and you see on the ticker, Chara. Game-time decision, parentheses, broken jaw.
1: Right. What makes it more impressive the is the guy's 42 years old. I mean, he's not <laughs> some young gun can heal. You know, this guy's going to need surgery, I'm guessing, you know, stitches and, and things like that. But, um, yeah, I mean, I'm sure he wants to be out there. And I think for Boston, obviously Boston wants him out there as well. Obviously, you, you, you set his size. The guy's a monster. Um, going up against a very a very physical, you know, Team in, in St. Louis, um, and St. Louis is a big team too, and mm-hmm. they like to play physical. So I mean, you you gotta kind of counteract that. And with Chara, I think you know he brings that presence. Broken jar or not, I don't think he's gonna be talking much out there tonight. But uh, um, I think they really want them. You know, obviously with him, that could be a difference maker in tonight's game. Um, you know, St. Louis coming back, that was a big win for them uh, in Game Four. Boston, you know, their power play wasn't as good as as it's been in the first three games, so they kind of got to bounce back and. And, you know, they're they're kind of thin on the defensive side of, of the puck there.
0: Oh, Matt Grizzlick is going to be a game time decision as well. I tell you what, I'm making a call. I think the Blues are going to win tonight. They have been so good on the road in these playoffs in games that matter more than, you know, others do. You know, all games are equal, they say. Some are equal and others, what have you they have been, uh, here's an impressive stat, they've played six games on the road in these playoffs when they're not leading in the series. So they've either been tied or behind. They're 6-0 in those games. So they know how to win when the bell rings. They know how to answer it mm-hmm. uh, with their backs to the wall, going into a hostile environment. Eddie Olchek was on Golik and Wingo earlier this morning here on ESPN Radio, and he was talking about why the Blues have had so much success on the road. What is a possible explanation for it? He talked about His playing days, you know, when you're at home, you've got stuff that, you know, you go out about your daily life early on then you know, come to the ballpark, not the ballpark, the arena in this this, uh, instance, and you go about your routine in hockey when you're on the road or really with any sport when you're on the road. It's all business. It is strictly a business trip. You got your routine, you go to the hotel, you have team meal, you work out, y'all go to the arena together. It is literally all hockey or all whatever sport it is that you're out there for. It's not balancing home life. In the day and then turning into a hockey player at night, it is just all business and it makes sense to me i don 't know if that 's why the blues have been so good in the road in these playoffs, but it 's the only thing that makes sense to me so far
1: mm-hmm. and, and I can definitely say whenever you're, you know, you 're a professional athlete routine is is huge and and obviously you want to be f- fully focused going into the game as much as you can, but yeah, you get a little bit more time to just you know kind of be in 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 your own zone. Uh, things are a little bit more quiet obviously you 're probably hanging on the hotel room. Um, and I, you know when it comes to athletics and just going back to my my high school days, I didn't. That's as far as mm. I got in athletics. But you know, just going on the road, there's somewhat just like having everyone against you, or you know, you just having your teammate, you know, your band of brothers type of thing, and and just what that means, and just and just wanting to prove people wrong, and going into those environments is such a challenge, and and it you know it gets you jacked up because you want to go in there, and you want to you want to quiet the crowd and things like that, and and I think it's just a mix of obviously just. You know, like you, you kind of said, a lot of less outside noise per se, um, which equals greater focus, and then just that feeling of me against the world. I mean, I, that's the best feeling when you are an athlete and when you can come out on top in those situations. Um, it's 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 a really good feeling. So um, sometimes, you know, just being out of your your comfort zone and things like that, it just makes you play better, and maybe that's just kind of what's going on there.
0: For me, here's the biggest reason why I think St. Louis is gonna win tonight. This is also the stat of the day. You mentioned earlier that the Bruins' power play hasn't been as good as it was earlier in this series. Five on five, St. Louis has been the better team. When St. Louis doesn't take dumb penalties like they did in game three, they adjusted extremely well in game four and they looked really good in that game and they won. And Boston's top line had a coming out party in game three where they really exploded. St. Louis has waited till game four to do it. They each answered the bell. St. Louis' has just been better when they're on even strength, uh, when they're on even terms. The top line for each team, the front and center line, this is their uh, numbers in this Stanley Cup final at even strength. Brad Marchand, Patrice Bergeron, and David Pasternak. Two-thirds of that line virtually brought Canada the World Cup a few years ago by themselves. You paired them with Sidney Crosby, and that line was unstoppable. Instead, it is Marchand, Pasternak, and Bergeron. In this cup final series alone on even strength, no goals, no assist. The top line for St. Louis in even strength, Braden Shen, Jaden Schwartz, and Vladimir Tarasenko, four goals and four assists. The top dogs are just flat out outplaying the other teams in, you know, even strength uh, scenarios. And as long as St. Louis isn't their own worst enemy and stays out of the penalty box, they're going to be okay.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, and you definitely know that that the coaching staff there for Saint Louis is saying, "Hey, guys, if we can just keep this at an even keel and not do anything dumb, I mean, we we have the advantage." But Tarasenko has been one of those guys that, you know, every time I haven't yet to to watch a game fully through just because I'm so busy at night. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, every time I I turn on the game or I'm, I'm I kind of focus in on what's what's happening, Tarasenko is always making a play. Uh, maybe it's just coincidence or whatever, but he seems to be doing really well. But um anytime you're in a position where your your weakest str- strength i guess is yourself i think you're in a good you're in a good spot i'm gonna have to go with you i think st louis will, will win this tonight just because of of the the case you kind of brought up right there um i just don't want to see a boston team win that's all i gotta say <laughs> I <don't know. laughs>
0: yeah you're gonna be happy but, for them if they win their title yada 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 packs and so forth yeah. but we want
1: to see St. Louis do. We want to I, I like when new teams win, man. Yeah. You know, I always root for the underdog. I think Boston um, was a team. Obviously, they've had success over the years, and they're a great organization. But anytime a new team can come in with some players that you don't hear a lot about, especially the story they've had this season, you know, you got to root for them.
0: Greg Berube has just done a wonderful job taking over a team that was last place on January 3rd, and he's still got the interim tag on him. Just make him your head coach. Look what he's done. Don't, he's don't literally took you from 31st to playing for a title.
1: All right. He came in, and he didn't have any, any pressure coaching. He, that's the best <laughs> type of coaching So when you have no pressure on you. Mm-hmm. You know that, it, it can only go up from here, basically, when he took over. And, um, I mean, he seems to have, have obviously done the right things, got the team playing well. Um, put his his players in the the best position to to succeed and and yeah I mean I mean if they don't make him the head coach I don't know really what's what's going on right there
0: St. Louis has just got to stay out of the penalty box and they are going to be just fine they have outplayed Boston five on five special teams is it Mm -hmm. that is the key usually that is in all of hockey especially when you get to this point in the
1: year right power plays and things like that those are momentums and momentum you know killers and and also gives you team momentum, so I mean both teams are definitely focused on winning that,
0: that category. Jaden Schwartz is gonna thank me for this, but Jaden Schwartz needs to have a big night tonight. I said a few days ago, before game four, I said Terasanko needs to be better. Schwartz and O'Reilly need to be better. Teresanko scored his third goal of the series, his eleventh of the playoffs in game four. O'Reilly had two goals, that was maybe his best game ever, not just in the playoffs. So now Schwartz has got to do Schwartz. the same thing, and if history shows, then uh, just by me saying that means he's going to be two, three point producer tonight. Yeah,
1: we're going to have to revisit this. Then <laughs> I guess, you know, you know, they're in the locker room saying, "All right, it's your turn now." Yep. You know, we all did our part. It's your turn. No, they need everyone, man. Everyone should be should be focused and ready to go. And and you know, you're on the brink right now. If you can pull this one off. Um, you're in a pretty good position in series.
0: They've got the sports pen linked up to the stadium. The, uh, yeah, the speakers right yeah. out there <laughs> <laughs> as they're out there
1: shooting. Hey, they're probably on the, the website you know, in yeah. the locker room. Listen, they're using not?
0: our free mobile app you can get from the <laughs> Apple iStore or <laughs> Google go. Play. Just look up ESPN-UP. Yep. Let's take another time out. When we come back, major changes are coming to NCAA college basketball. at all three divisions find out more next in the sports pen on ESPN-UP. Check out the UP's live and local sports talk show, The Sports Pen.
1: Weekday afternoons at 4 on ESPN-UP and on the ESPN-UP app.
0: Welcome back to The Sports Pen on ESPN-UP. Tanner Hoops, Jake Durant with you. Glad to have you along. We are going to get to some NCAA college basketball. We have got some major rule changes that are needing to be broken down for you. It's not getting talked about nearly enough, but first, your Sports Center update. Matchups for this season's Big Ten ACC Challenge were released today. Michigan visits Louisville on December 3rd. Later that night, Michigan State welcomes Duke. How about those games? Rematch of the 2013 title game? Who's Mich- on Duke right now? Who's on Duke right now? Uh, Alex O'Connell. Okay.
1: I, I got Duke in that one.
0: <laughs> Who's left that did not know. declare for the draft? They've probably this year.
1: got four other first round picks coming in. I but.
0: did see that their starting center decided that he's going to return to school this year. Oh wow! First of all, I thought that was Zion. I thought Zion was the starting (laughs) big man. I did not know this guy's name. I think he wore number 12. I think that was his jersey. I could be wrong. But apparently he's coming back, which I don't really know him, so I don't know why that was (laughs) newsworthy.
1: (laughs) Well, good to know. That gives me confidence in their team.
0: Uh, But some good matchups on December 3rd. Michigan visiting Louisville later that night. Michigan State and Duke. Wisconsin visits North Carolina State on December the 4th. The Atlanta Braves have emerged as the new favorites to sign veteran starting pitcher Dallas Keuchel. This comes a day after Craig Kimbrell was picked up by the Cubs on a three-year deal. And finally, really cool moment yesterday, the third day of the Major League Baseball draft and the Toronto Blue Jays select Brayden Halliday, the son of the late, great Roy Halliday Roy Halladay died in a plane crash a few years ago. Extremely tragic. He was one of the best baseball players of our generation growing up. His jersey number was 32, so his old team selects his son in the 32nd round. Really cool move by the Blue Jays.
1: Very classy move there by the Blue Jays. I, to be honest with you, I forgot about the, the crash yeah. and everything. So, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, just to, to get get his uh, his son there and things like that is, is a very, really cool move. And, and you see teams doing that here and there you know what i mean and uh i don't know if he's that good i don't really know i haven't really seen him as a player but um definitely a a good move there by the blue jays
0: i don't think he's even going to play for them but they were late enough that you know late enough in the draft they kind of expect guys not to sign i don't think he's going to sign with them anyway but they knew going forward this is a guy that's probably not going to sign with us let's do this anyway he is committed to penn state i think that's where he's going to go pitch next year
1: Mm. yeah definitely definitely cool to to see them kind of tribute you know, the, the late Roy Halladay, definitely a guy who's, who's a huge part of their history. So, yeah, definitely a, a, a cool move.
0: Well, I tell you what, major changes are coming to college basketball, and a lot of people aren't talking about this enough, but two big aspects are going to see some changes here this season, uh, the three-point arc and the shot clock. Let's start with the arc. NCAA Division One will be moving the three-point line back. They will be moving it to international length. So right now, the three-point arc is 20 uh, 20 feet 9 inches it will be moved to 22 feet and two inches so they're moving it back to international length this is going to take effect this coming season at the division one level it will take place the following year for the d2 and d3 levels ncaa is uh you know they, they want to Slow down the offense, I guess i don't know why they want to do it. They did say in a statement that they think this will slow down the amount of three pointers that were being made because that was a trend that was rapidly growing i don't know why you'd want to slow down offense though that's that's something that puts people in
1: seats I was going to say I think that's what you you want a faster game. you want teams to be in transition et cetera um, i I mean, I guess it makes sense i'm I'm glad they're moving to like a universal. You know, kind of outlook on the game where Mm -hmm. where everything's kind of equal. When you talk about international and here in the states, so I I think that's pretty cool. I just think people, I still think players are going to still be launching threes. I Mm -hmm. mean, I mean, I don't really see it slowing it down too much. I know it's going to kind of open up the lane um, a little bit more. It'll be be better. It might actually like help offenses because there's going to be a little bit more space. You Mm -hmm. know, a little bit more um, room for players to move and things like that. So I can kind of see it being a positive um and then you know i think it, i think it might open it up the game a little bit more actually and and make make the game maybe even speed up more in in my eyes
0: Maybe that's what they're after. Yeah. Although I don't think they really have the same problem baseball does. Baseball is all about trying to speed things up. They think adding a pitch clock is more important than protective netting, but they, you know, they. <laughs> priorities. <laughs> they've got their priorities, don't they? Uh, but I tell you what, it will open up the lane a little bit more. It'll allow more dribble drive penetration. It'll force defenses to get stretched a little bit more. So there will be big offense. It's just not going to be the way that we've been seeing it, where the three point shot has dominated.
1: Right. I mean, I just kind of want to – so it's it's what, like a two-foot, one-foot difference?
0: A little over a foot. A little over a foot.
1: About a
0: foot and three inches.
1: I, I want. I just want to know, like, what the difference is, I guess. I mean, I I would still be launching threes. <laughs> I still think we're going to see a lot of threes. I still think we're going to see a lot of threes go in. Um, most kids growing up these days are shooting shooting lights out, you know, obviously with Steph Curry and, and company, you know, paving the way for kids these days. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it, it's going to be interesting Anytime you know, you switch – Obviously, Nmu and, and Michigan Tech are gonna have to start. They're gonna have to start recruiting some three-point shooters. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's definitely an interesting move. Um, going to be interesting to see kind of just how it plays out, um, and, and yeah, just kind of see how, how these three-point shooters uh, kind of react to it.
0: And again, this rule is going to take effect this coming season at the Division One level. For Northern Michigan, they're going to have to wait one more year for this rule to come into effect. It will uh, come into effect the following year. For the Division Two and Division Three levels, so we're going to see some changes to the floor at the Barry Event Center. Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah, just make make the floor a little bigger. (laughs) Uh, You know, it's a big arena, Barry Event Center. Um, So yeah, it's going to be interesting to see, man. Um, Like I said, I'm I'm, I like the three point shot. I kind of like the way the game is going. Mm -hmm. You know, I love offense, so I, I hope it doesn't hinder it too much.
0: This would benefit somebody like Zion Williamson, like a dominant big man. This is what you want: open lanes, lots of room for a dribble drive. You can attack the basket. I mean, you're going to have to get some guys who really can splash it from anywhere on the floor if you want to be a three-point shooting team. But if you've got a guy like Zion Williamson or you're recruiting a guy with size, this is probably an advantageous rule for you.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it definitely favors the guys who are who are making the living down low, you know, in the post, um, because obviously with that lane just being bigger. You know, you got a little bit more room to work and, and a little bit more space. So, um, for your traditional big men, obviously, I think this is is definitely going to be working to your favor. We're going to we're going to see teams obviously kind of you know figure it out. It's going to be different for a little bit, but you know, we'll see more dribble drives, cutting, slashing, and things like that. But I, I do still think we're going to see a lot of threes going up and, and a lot of three goes, threes going in.
0: Well, it's not the only rule that's being changed to college basketball. The other rule changes being applied is in regards to the shot clock. They've kind of taken after the NBA in this sense, where you don't get a full, fresh shot clock if you get an offensive rebound, providing the original shot touched the rim. Now, if you get an offensive rebound in college basketball, the shot clock only resets to 20 seconds. Again, they're trying to speed the game up. Mm -hmm.
1: And I actually like that rule because you know it kind of makes you strategize a little bit differently but um yeah it it doesn't give a team more time to kind of you know push the ball back out regroup a little bit and set up your offense you kind of have to be quicker on your feet and, and yeah i mean in transition i think it's going to speed up the transition game and things like that so i think that rule is definitely a positive for the game and i think it's going to definitely affect uh have a positive effect on on the games because you know I like I like speed, I like when the games are going fast, and I think that's going to help you do that.
0: I like that kind of basketball, I do, but from a strategy aspect, I'm not a big fan of shot clocks, to be honest with you. It's not fun basketball, but if a team wants to stall, uh, they want to take some time off and take away a high-octane offense advantage, and they want to win the game 11-9... to I mean that's strategy. You want
1: to watch a game that I that don't want to watch that, okay. but
0: I don't blame someone for strategizing I that know, way. Man,
1: I don't, I don't like when teams strategery. I, I know it's is a strategy, but that's the weakest strategy, man. I don't care, I don't care if you're just gonna sit there and dribble and pass the ball, man. If someone I, I can't. can
0: pull it off, though, it kind of is fun to watch.
1: I think it would be hilarious to see <laughs> if if you're if you were just a defensive team, like all of our players can play defense and just pass the ball. We can't even score, but I, we're gonna win games like. Ten to six.
0: I once went to a high school basketball game. I wasn't covering it. I was just there as a spectator. And there was this particular school that had won eighty five consecutive home games. And there was a tiny little school that came in, and they tried doing the stall tactic because you know they were dead set on ending that eighty five game home win streak. And it worked for a half. They were up, I think, sixteen to nine at halftime. And I think the final score was like. 40 to 20 something like Mm -hmm. they got outscored I think let me do my math quick because I think after three quarters I think it was 33 18 like they eventually figured it out so they got outscored like what is that 24 to 2 in the third quarter something like that
1: yeah I mean and and just looking back on my my glory days of playing those were the worst teams I mean (laughs) when a team would just run through their offense and and you know just just keep passing the ball <clears throat> as a defender it gets really frustrating you're going to you're going to foul or you're going to fall asleep and then they would just kind of run you through their offense cutting, passing, cutting passing until they got a layup and then you know you have dead legs, you know, you're trying to be in a defensive stance. It was just frustrating. I that, just that's I can't why I stand it. I don't hate it. I just can't stand it. I can't stand watching it though. I, I
0: hate watching it, I know. I like seeing fast-paced basketball where you light it up from behind the arc, but at the same point when someone has that kind of strategy, they can pull it off, I, I they guess. should be rewarded for
1: it. Yeah, I guess. I mean, I mean, I guess, but you know, the professional league, they're trying to sell tickets. They don't want to see that.
0: Uh, no, no, that's not an option for Adam Silver. That's not something. I mean, they'll probably shorten down the shot clock to like five someday. <laughs> five seconds. Not second really. That, like... That's not realistic. But five seconds. I mean. Once
1: you get across half court, you have ten seconds to shoot.
0: <laughs> Do you believe that someday the NBA is going to go to a less than 24-second shot clock? N- no, I can't. I think they will. You think so? I think at some point they're going to. It's not going to be drastic, but going to like a 20-second shot clock, I can totally see it.
1: I mean, like right now, I guess you don't really see that many shot clock violations, but mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's enough time to where you can make a few passes, and it, and if a defensive defense stops, you could reset and things like that right now. Shorten it would kind of be chaotic, I think. Who knows? But I would love to see it.
0: What about if they do this, and they give you five seconds instead of ten to get it across half court, and it gives you a better opportunity for presses? I don't think they'll do that because a lot of teams will get called for a ten, make that a five-second call. And it slowed down the game. But what if they did? They did a five-second rule uh, to get it across half court. And then once you've got it cross timeline, you had 15 seconds to hit the rim or make a shot.
1: I mean, that would be interesting to see. But like you said, I don't a think team, a team it, would just try to try to get the five-second call on you every single time. But, I mean, that would be kind of interesting, too.
0: And then it forces defenses to press all that more often. Who right. has dead legs by the end of the game?
1: It's. it's uh, we're just trying to think of rules to just to just destroy the players. Oh, the players just, would hate that. Yeah. Think about
0: the conditioning they'd oh, have man, to go gonna, through. Yeah, that
1: would be terrible. <laughs> <laughs> you bet. Uh,
0: I tell you what, I don't know where they're at in Michigan with high school shot clocks. They don't have it right now. I, I'm not aware of any serious conversations to make that happen. Iowa, they talked about it. I know a proposal just failed in Minnesota to make that a thing, but shot clocks are starting to become a little more prevalent at the high school level. I wouldn't be surprised if Michigan does it someday.
1: It would be interesting to see, man. The games are kind of, I don't know. It's, it's tough. I mean, the high school level kids are, it's hard for kids to keep track of what's going on. I think we'd see a lot of shot clock violations in high school. Maybe, maybe it's just me, but I don't know. It would be interesting to see. Well,
0: I tell you what, let's take our last time out. When we come back, if you're an American, you should be a little worried. I'm not talking about anything going out globally. I'm talking about your basketball team. Team USA roster invites announced yesterday, and that's next in the Sports Pen and ESPN-UP. Check out the UP's live and local sports talk
1: show, the Sports Pen, weekday afternoons at 4 on ESPN-UP and on the ESPN-UP app.
0: If you missed any part of the show today, check it out on demand. Get our free mobile app from the Apple iStore or Google Play. Just look up ESPN-UP. Tanner Hoops, Jake Durant with you. Glad to have you along We are going to get to Team USA basketball in just a moment. But first, a national story from the NFL that came out this morning. That's got some Ishpeming connections, a little bit of hematite flavor. Malik McDowell, if that name sounds familiar, probably should. He was drafted by the Seattle Seahawks in 2017, and they gave him an $800,000 signing bonus. However, before he ever saw the field, just a couple of months after he was drafted, he was injured in an ATV accident, and the Seahawks waived him under their non-football injury clause that was a part of his contract. Since he never took the field, they're allowed to do that, and that means the forfeiture of his signing bonus. He never gave it back. He's intent on keeping that eight hundred thousand dollars signing bonus.
1: So is he an Ishpeming right now?
0: Is he that... is not an Ishpeming. He is connected to Ishpeming because the Hematites played him in the Division Seven, two thousand and twelve State Championship game Ooh. when he played for Detroit Loyola. Oh wow! How about that? Wow! And now he's in trouble. Now, now he's. Now he's is,
1: the, I mean, is he, is he, like, working with this to get it figured out, or is he, like, on the run? I don't run? think so. Like, I is, get
0: the feeling he's not working with it because it's been two years, and he still right. hasn't given the money like, back. Does now anyone know, know where he is? <laughs> I, don't, I can't speculate as to that. Wait, he, he went to state, you said? He went to—he uh, plays for the Seahawks now. Where, where, well, he did play for the Seahawks. But he played for Michigan State. I don't know where he went to college. I think, he went to, I think he played for Michigan State if I'm It's possible. It makes sense. It's entirely possible. I just know he went to high school at Loyola in Detroit. Okay. And played Ishpeming for the state title back in 2012. Mm, that's crazy. So if Hematite fans remember him, Yeah. That's He's probably that's one he of the bigger now. players
1: on the field, dominating, <laughs> I'm guessing.
0: He was uh he's a lineman. He's a big guy. Yeah. Well, I tell you what, maybe a little reason to be worried about USA basketball. The FIBA World Cup coming up this fall, I always like the Basketball World Cup. I would like it more if people actually like competing for Team USA instead of just knowing, you know, we're going to go over there for two weeks, I could be resting, I could be doing stuff making money for myself, instead, you know, of just dominating other countries that don't belong in the same floor as us. So, no LeBron, no Curry, no Durant, no Kawhi. So Team USA has announced their 12 roster invites. Who is going to make up Greg Popovich's squad? He's going to coach the team, by the way. The headlines of the roster, they look pretty good. Anthony Davis, James Harden, Kemba Walker, Donovan Mitchell, Damian Lillard. You got Bradley Beal, who's coming off an injury. C.J. McCollum's a pretty good role player. Jason Tatum maybe took a little step back with Boston this year, but he's still pretty good. Then you get to the part of the roster that scares me. Eric Gordon... Brooke Lopez, although he had a pretty good year with with, uh, Milwaukee yet. I don't know if he's ready for this stage. Kyle Kuzma, a little surprising maybe to be on there. And then Kevin Love, maybe about eight years too late, is on Team USA's roster. Uh,
1: underrated, Kevin Love. I know he's still he's in Cleveland. You know, MIA there, but mm. he still has those outlet passes. Man, he can still rebound and throw those outlet passes to those guards.
0: That does not just warrant being on Team USA.
1: <laughs> I honestly think they might be having trouble finding people that actually want to come and play. I in think their so too. I mean, obviously, Eric Gordon. You get your younger guys who who like Eric Gordon. He's not a superstar. I don't even think he's an all you no. know not even all star. But he's like right underneath that, still trying to make a name, still trying to pat. Uh, pave a way and, and obviously keep a job but um, those are the type of guys you need you know you're not going to get the, the Durants and, and things like that especially if they have played on this team before so mm-hmm. um, or they're later on in the career but you can get those guys like a Lillard and you know th- those are all NBA players a few of those guys
0: no Clay Thompson no Kyrie Irving let's get Zion Williamson hey,
1: before we get Kevin Love uh, the Warriors obviously for the Warriors their whole team is breaking down mm-hmm. they've been making so many runs in the NBA finals I don't blame any of the Warriors players for not wanting to be a part I mean they've just been making deep runs winning games and it's hurting them as you can see in the finals everyone is breaking down right now
0: I'll give you that okay yeah we can we can make that exception for him but still what's Zion doing right now get Zion to play for them Kevin Love I mean it's hard to believe about eight years ago was that a 2012 Olympic gold medal team that was pretty good. He was an integral piece of that team. This is really cool. I should have worn it today. I've got a t-shirt I bought at a Nike outlet store in Minneapolis once. And it's one of my favorites. It's got that 2012 gold medal team. Caricatures of all the players that are uh, they're on the chest. And Mike Krzyzewski, arms crossed, is standing in front of him. Really cool shirt. Kevin Love is on that. It still <laughs> blows my mind to think he was such a big part of that team.
1: I mean, he does things. He's a unique type of player because he's a, he's a big guy that can bang underneath. I um, mean, obviously, he, he's a, he was an exceptional rebounder. Obviously, all of his skills are diminished now. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, he still plays at a pretty high level. And he can step out and hit that three, has a good mid-range game. He can pass the ball. I mean, he can do it all, man. You need a couple of those guys on your team, you need a couple of those glue guys that, you know, can do more than just scoring. You know what I mean? So um, that's why I think they probably wanted to throw him on there.
0: We have another Olympics coming up next year, another Summer Olympics. I'm excited to see who's on the roster for that, because if you look at this year's FIBA World Cup roster, it's a lot different than that 2012 team. I got it here in front of me, the 2012 USA Basketball roster. Chris Paul, Kobe Bryant, Darren Williams, Russell Westbrook, James Harden, LeBron, Kevin Durant, Carmelo, Kevin Love, Blake Griffin, Andre Ingadala, And Tyson Chandler. Their alternates were Anthony Davis. At one point, Anthony Davis played behind these guys. Wasn't he
1: super young, though? He was super young. Could have been. But still,
0: he may not have played yet because didn't he get drafted in 2012? Oh, did he? And this was the summer of 2012, so he may not have been an NBA player Yeah, he was just there playing. Rudy Gay was an alternate. Eric Gordon was an alternate for this team, too. How old is Eric Gordon? I don't know, but they keep trying to make Eric Gordon work. It's (laughs) like fetch. It's not going to work. I mean, he can shoot, though. Gotta have those shooters
1: in the in the international game.
0: (laughs) Yeah, he could shoot,
1: but for Team USA, I mean, who else are you gonna get? Who else is a shooter at this point? Who else is gonna be? Everyone's gonna decline. You gotta at some point. You gotta just start. Somebody's gotta say yes. They're probably like, okay, Eric Gordon. He has some past experience. You know, has some ties. Let's bring him back. He can still shoot the ball. Eric Gordon just he never do. goes away. And if he's not shooting, he's really useless. I mean, <laughs> if he's not hitting. When he's on, though, he's on.
0: You just got to stick him behind the arc and let him go to work from out there. Just, he doesn't do anything else. Just mm-hmm. put him out there and then stick Kevin Love right under the basket. Exactly. He's not See, that's, that's
1: their, their second unit right there. It's he's like Strap
0: from, from Hoosiers. Remember that movie? Yeah. Don't shoot unless you're all by yourself, all alone, underneath the basket. And that was about it. He scored. <laughs> yeah. Strap. Yeah, God I, I mean, wants you on the floor.
1: I'm taking Eric Gordon and Kevin Love over anyone else. Any other country can <laughs> can throw at me, so that's all I'm saying.
0: <laughs> you would take Eric Gordon and Kevin Love against well, who whoever do you guys Spain got? is going to... Let's go Spain. Spain's got the Gasols. I mean,
1: they're they're old, man. I'm sorry. Yeah, but... Mark's all right.
0: Would you rather have Mark or Kevin Love on your I mean, team right like, now?
1: Ricky Rubio's on that team. Ricky
0: huh? Rubio's still going to be on that team, I'm sure. Who was that guy that got Sergei drafted? Sergio Baca.
1: Sergio Baca. Who was that guy that got drafted by the, the Magic... Ze- ze- ana Gomez? Is that who it is? He was a high flyer, jumper. I don't remember. I think it's. Ah, I think, it I think might he be played Aaron for Gomez
0: they got, they got a few players. Yeah, they've got Ibaka. I think he has Spanish nationality. Argentina. is Argentina. usually pretty good.
1: Seems like Canada's on the rise. Yeah,
0: they Once in a while, they get a few good guys. You think about these... Remember a few years ago, maybe like 2013, there was an influx of talented college basketball players from Canada, and everyone's like, this is going to be the resurgence of Canadian basketball at the national scene. Anthony Bennett. Anthony Bennett. Like, how many of these guys have actually panned out right. and been the superstars they're supposed to? Anthony Wiggins... I mean, he's supposed to. Wait, We're Anthony, still waiting for it.
1: Andrew Wiggins. Andrew Wiggins, thank Andrew, you. They're Andrew Wiggins. RJ Barrett.
0: RJ Barrett looks like he could actually be a good one. Yeah. RJ yeah, Barrett could be a fun Canada
1: one. Canada has, you know, Canada gives us those pop stars. You know, they got, they got. uh <laughs> Drake's there. Is Bieber from
0: Canada? Bieber is from Canada. You know,
1: they got they got those ultimate superstars coming from Canada. I don't know. Is Bieber why. an ultimate superstar? I mean, he's one of the biggest, you know, musicians. You got I a think. young
0: daughter. You got to listen to a lot of Bieber. I listen to so a I'll lot a of pass. crazy music. Yeah.
1: I listen to a lot of Taylor Swift. I know you're big. Yes. You know, you're big on Taylor Swift. Yeah. Um, you know, my daughter I I, I I try to keep her away from some of the. It's harder with the internet and stuff these days, you know. Should be watching. I'll like just kind of like glance over and she's probably watching something. Maybe I should not let her watch, mm-hmm. you know, with these videos. But um, little TV? She, you know she she likes Selena Gomez, Demi okay, Lovato, yeah. things like that. But some of these videos just are are too too much.
0: I've seen Selena Gomez and Taylor Swift in concert. I get made fun of when I say that a lot, but uh, I would love I
1: would love to see them in
0: concert. They were both they were good shows. Yeah, I bet. Uh, but I tell you what, Canada, maybe they've got pop stars on us. We've still got basketball players. We're okay with putting out a team that, you know, and the thing is he might be a little worried about this Team USA that we're throwing out there. Eric Gordon and Kevin Love and Kyle Kuzma all on it. We're still going to win the gold. I mean, no team is going to stop us. Right. So, I mean we're it is worrying, it, but we all know this.
1: Right. And is this going to give us, you know, give the I shouldn't. I mean, I, I guess I'm part of the U.S., so us, the U.S., um, and it'll just give them more, more bragging rights because if, if and when we do win, we'd be like, and we had like our C team out there. We still beat y'all. And our best players are sitting at home.
0: Take that, Russia. Ha! Our C team beat you. <laughs> right. Uh, I tell you what, I like the FIBA World Cup. I like any of those international competitions. I love so the Olympics, man. Out. Olympics are great. I love the Olympics. They really are. The
1: basketball Olympics. There's just so much pride. You know, the U.S. has been on top for so long and – And it's just so fun. I mean, I find it funny when they play these really just like terrible teams and it's just like a blow. I don't know. I I just find that entertaining. I just, I'm just like, I just don't get how we are just that much better.
0: They were playing France, I think in the Olympic opener, like, three years ago and it was like 124 to 75 and like Tony Parker's doing yeah. his darndest to keep France in the game you know
1: Tony was saying before the game like you guys have no idea this is about <laughs> to be terrible like what are you doing smiling we're about to get blown out I don't care I know who these guys are this is about to be bad it was kind of like me when I did that celebrity game at Northern it was like oh yeah. I was out on the floor with like four people who didn't know how to play basketball we were going up against the NMU men's, mm. men's team and whoo they were just throwing oops on us, you know. Just I was just like, I, you know, I, I know what I'm doing, and I, I understand how to play basketball. But I was out there with people who can dribble, and I'm, I'm sure that's kind of how they feel, you know. You, you try to get it to somebody, nothing is happening. The team just goes down, throws an alley oop dunk. It's just, it was just bad.
0: How many years ago was that? That must have been before I was here.
1: Uh, it it was. I think it was right before, right before you were. You Sounds were here. fun though. It was fun. I, I've done a couple of those uh, celebrity basketball games where. Um, it, the most recent one we did one with the nmu teams and then we did one with the market senior high school teams mm. and i actually made the front page of the mining journal shout out the mining <laughs> journal and it actually was a nice epic like very big nice action shot where i was like up near the rim mm-hmm. i had two defenders i was slicing through them like a nice little layup is it, it was sick man
0: one of those scoop shot guard yeah. type moves
1: Yeah, you know, i was telling everybody i was like yeah check it out granted i was going against you know players that were like <laughs> Six, seven, eight years younger <laughs> than me. But, hey, got to get to where I got. Hey, You
0: still got it. I still got it. You still got it, man. I hey, tell you what, that sounds fun. I got I to gotta see I'm, what they're I, doing I when they, they have d- another one of those celebrity gigs. I
1: think they do one every year. Um, so I, I'll let you know. Definitely right. let you know. And anyone out there listening – yeah, you, you want us on the
0: on the team? You
1: know, Tanner, Tanner, and I, we can definitely ball. So get us on the team, and and we'll definitely do some damage.
0: Jake, for his size, you know, he gets through the lane, and uh, he's I'm an all around person. He I can shoot, you
1: know, I can pass. I, I, you know, I'm quicker than I, I may look, um, and, and, and you know, I, I just know the game, man. I can, I can rebound. I'm not I'm not like the shortest person. I'm a, I'm an average, you know, height. So I mean, I can do it all.
0: Yeah, I'm six foot three. You need six me eight. on the team. Yeah, I do. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I tell you what, uh, we are out of time. Uh, once again, if you missed any part of the show, check it out On Demand, and we're going to be back on tomorrow, same time and place for Eastern 3 Central. Appreciate you, as always, my man. Anything we need to know about at Local 3?
1: Local 3. What's happening at Local 3? You know, not a whole lot. Not a whole lot. You know, we're going to hit the summer. Um, tune in. We're going to we're going to get into golf, man. I got a, a series of golf tips coming up. Um, and, you know, just going to ride out the baseball season and things like that, and and just, uh, you know, kind of enjoy the summer and then get prepped for a, a busy fall. So, it's are you be, a golfer? Fun. Am I a golfer? I'm turning into one. Okay. I've learned as I get older that golf is a very good skill to have for, you know, business and things like that mm-hmm. and, and networking. So, I've been invited to a couple of, you know, golf events and things like that. So, I'm getting into it. I, I'm wish, not I, great.
0: I wish I was good. Yeah, I'm I wish not, I could. I'm not
1: golf. good. I'm not good. But mm-hmm. I'm getting out there and I'm, I'm getting better. I, I still probably wouldn't want to play golf with myself, though.
0: I remember when I was little I went to the putting range for the first time and I'm like, this is awesome. You know, I'm gonna go be a superstar at Notre Dame playing this and yeah. then you know, we'll see what happens after that. Then I get on the driving range and I took up tennis shortly yeah, after.
1: Yeah, I mean that's where I'm at. Like I can connect with the ball a lot, you know, steady, but there is times where like I just totally
0: whiff. I tell you what, uh, Will Kane is coming up next. For Jake Duran, I'm Tanner Hoops. Thanks for tuning in on ESPN UP.